And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. If you are just tuning in, our Encounter with God section is where we dig into the Bible study for the day. It is three minutes past eight Eastern Standard Time, and we are about to go to another clue for the quiz. Yes, we are. Who am I? Okay, I'm going to give <coughs> two clues this because time. Because we are running a little bit yep. behind. We yep. had to use a little bit of extra time. It was nice to uh, hear those reports from Mon, mm. uh, but they did use up some of our time. We did dedicate the full amount of time uh, that we had available to those reports from Kenya in Africa. All right. You ready? I am ready. Bring it on. Okay. So the first clue was, I am one of the people led away by Peter's hypocrisy, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Next clue. When the Jerusalem church heard there were believers in Antioch, they sent me there. Okay. Who was it that was sent to Antioch? And now another clue. Antioch in Syria, not Antioch in Pisidia, in case you were wondering. Okay. Which I'm sure you weren't. I left Antioch to meet Saul in Tarsus. Afterward, we returned to Antioch and taught for a whole year. So. Okay, somebody who teamed up with Saul. I wonder who that might be. If you know the answer, you know what our number is, 1-800-324-843. Give us a call right now. And what have we got coming up for a prize for today, Lawson? Oh, just a whole host of things. Maybe it's a CD. Maybe it's a DVD. Okay, Maybe so it's a lovely to, and amazing book. Lawson's going book. to uh, go and drag something out of the prize box. Mm-hmm. And while Lawson's going to drag something out of the prize box... That he's going to tell us all about, which is going to be amazing. So we have a uh, a large box here, and we he is reaching inside the box right now, and something is about to come out. I wonder what it might be. We will tell you all about it in just a moment. All right. So he's not reaching into the prize box. Our producer Shell is passing something through from the office next door, and what have we got there, Lawson? What do you have for okay. us today? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We've got a CD. Okay, so an album yes, right here. Music full album. Of music, yes. You enjoyed Anna Beden Anna, Anna the other day, um, and now we have her album. Is this one a, a personally autographed one or not? No, this one's is not, but okay, it so. came right out of her hand, so you can be assured of that. This is Simple the plastic, Joys. The plastic wrapper has touched Anna Beden's hand. Yes, so Simple Joys by Anna Beden. Not her latest album, but but one of, you know, one of the albums in her discography. Super amazing album. Has some... Like top notch songs. If you want to, if you want this album, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You'll and get a prize. Give us and give us the answer to the question. Who oh yeah, you have up? to do that too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that little bit as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in our encounter with God, we have been studying through the subject of the seven trumpets. Yes. We have noted, and we're going to do a quick uh, review here. The principle of repeat and enlarge, where the Bible repeats itself and gives additional information. You have Mm -hmm. seven churches, followed by seven seals, followed by seven trumpets. Each one of these is introduced by Jesus at the introduction to the seven churches you find Jesus, at the introduction to the seven seals Mm -hmm. you find Jesus, at the introduction to the seven trumpets you find Jesus. In each one of these, you find in the introduction, you are in the sanctuary. So the trumpets, sorry, the churches, the seals, and the trumpets, you have sanctuary context. It begins in the sanctuary. In the beginning of each one of these prophecies, you find that it is introduced by the holy place of the sanctuary. Jesus in the holy place of the sanctuary. And of course, in the seven churches, we find him at the seven branch candlestick, at the seven seals, the table of showbread, 
And here in the seven trumpets, we find Jesus at the altar of incense, exactly where you would expect him to be. Three different prophecies, three different pieces of furniture within the sanctuary telling us three different things mm-hmm. about Jesus Christ. Yes. Of course, the seven candlesticks being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the letters to the churches are all finished with, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to the churches. Mm-hmm. It is a message from the Holy Spirit to the churches. Uh, the table of showbread, a symbol of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And the seven seals being all about a scroll containing the words of God. Mm -hmm. And here we find the uh, altar of incense being all about intercession and Jesus' work as our interceder in heaven. And this one being all about the close or a close of probation and the end of intercession. So Jesus introduces himself to each one of these in a very specific way and in each way it is relevant to the church that we, or sorry, the, uh, the sequence of seven that we are looking at. Of course, when you come down to, if you work your way down through uh, your series of seven, you know, your churches, your first church, your second church, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Once you get to the sixth, you'll find that Jesus is introduced as the creator. In the seals, Jesus is demonstrating his ruler, that he is the ruler of creation. Mm-hmm. And in the seven trumpets, we're going to find he is the defender of creation. Uh, in the seven churches, when you get down to that seventh one, you have the judgment of the people. In you, when you get down to the uh, seventh one in the seals, you have the execution of the judgment. And when you get down to the trumpets, you have the time of the judgment. Mm-hmm. So each one of these is parallel paralleling each other. Now, there's a number of reasons why I like to highlight this particular point. You will find those who will uh, recognize repeat and enlarge between the churches and the seals, and then somehow, somewhere on the line, they come unstuck and go all wobbly on the trumpets. Mm -hmm. Then you'll find those who will completely deny the concept of repeat and enlarge at all and say that the churches, yes, that's seven different time periods down through history, history, and then you have seal plagues, trumpet plagues, and plague plagues. And they're all just all taking place in a seven-year period in the future. (laughs) This is not... This is not... This is not how Bible prophecy is written, and you can come up with lots of creative ideas here, but it does not line up with, you know, it's one thing to sit down and be creative in your reading of the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. but it's another thing to actually use principles of prophetic interpretation. And so here at Faith FM, we like to use principles of prophetic interpretation so that we can get the, uh, um, the right answer to the questions that we are looking at. Yes. Okay, so that's a, a short summary there and a bit of a rant on the <laughs> principle of repeat and enlarge. And for those who try and put this in the future, my question is this for the trumpets. How on earth do you have the close of probation taking place at the end of time with Jesus in the holy place? Yeah, it's not possible. That's not possible. Mm. The holy place ministry Jesus, at the very end of time when probation closes on, the, closes on the whole world, Jesus is in the most holy place, the Bible says, not the holy place. Mm-hmm. So an entirely different context 
when you come to the end of time. And we talked yesterday about these sort of uh, mini clauses of probation on a person. Yeah, on a that's nation, right. There's lots of clauses a- of probation all the way down through history. Mm. So we it- even have we even have a major clause of probation on the whole world. Yes. At yeah. The flood. Yeah, with the flood. That's right. So, so it's happened before. So it's not like it's it's you know. Yeah. Just because you read about the close of probation, a lot of people just assume and they just jump to the very end of time, the very last close of probation. No. No. That's a, an assumption. Okay, but the Bible does speak about the sense of being cast into the world, and we finished off with this yesterday, and we were looking for a place that was the world that was not the world. Oh, yeah, the world that was not the entire world. A portion of the world that is called the whole world. The whole world. And we read from Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 where the Bible says there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be taxed. All the world would be taxed. The Bible describes the Roman Empire as being the whole world. And the reason that takes that, that, that happens is because that was how it was literally described in those days. Mm. And and you can imagine like they didn't, anyone outside of sorry I better did go ahead oh but like they didn't even know that a lot of lot of the world existed no like, they didn't even know that you know the Americas existed they didn't know that the Australia existed and and all these places like to them the Roman Empire was controlling at the time the whole world I didn't know Tasmania existed. Which is, you know, this is not a huge problem. <laughs> a lot of people still don't. That's all right. Ouch! Ouch! Uh, it's the thing I love doing when I'm in the States. People are like, oh, you have such a great accent. Whereabouts are you from? I'm like, yeah, I'm from Tasmania. And they get that glazed look in their eyes like, oh, okay, what's it like to live in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> Africa. Love what, I, I just love, I have had that on a few occasions and, and other occasions. Like, oh, how long does it take to drive from there? Um, yes, you can't drive that far. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So we just um, got word from the studio that someone has won the quiz. Why someone has. <coughs> Shell, you said it was James? What? Janelle. Janelle. Janelle from Brisbane. Sorry, we're just trying to get the information through the screen here. Janelle from Brisbane. Shout out Janelle from Brisbane. She has won the the Anabedon CD because she correctly guessed the quiz, which, of course, the answer was Barnabas. So, right. good on Janelle. Shout yeah. out Janelle. Faithful listener. You get a prize. Awesome. That will be sent to you in the coming days. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't deal with a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm well, not part of the have, uh, administration. I think Jennifer's still chasing us for uh, her prize. We've got to chase that one up. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yes, it will uh, take place. Yes, it will. You Monday. will get. An, let's let's say Monday. Yes. As, as if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, then uh, that won't make much sense. But if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, then swap over to the live show. Go to faithfm.com.au. Press play. So much better to listen to the mm-hmm. radio on your phone, in your car, through your stereo, than it is listening on your radio. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. I don't know why people still use their radio. It's just like... Maybe you can explain cool. this to me later, but wh- why, do we, wh- wh- why do places have a delayed broadcast? Uh, it comes down to the quality. Okay, so this is something you can do if you get a delayed, if you are in an area that gets the delayed broadcast. It comes down to the quality of the internet connection mm-hmm. at the transmitter. Yeah. So what you need to do is call Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three and lobby for 
your transmitter to be upgraded so that it can receive the live broadcast. Bam. Okay, so if you do that, then another great thing to do would be maybe make a donation so that your transmitter can be upgraded to uh, listen to the live broadcast and uh, then you won't. Uh, then you can listen to it either on your phone or on your car radio. What a thing, digital radio. Yeah, I, I think it's just... It's, is the way of the future. It's so much better. You never mm. worry about signal anywhere you go. You know, I hate going on a road trip somewhere and uh, get just, you know, deep into a radio program and suddenly it disappears. Like, well, on Faith FM, you do it digitally and you can drive all the way from, you know, uh, let me think, Adelaide to Cairns and not lose. That's a long drive. That's a long have you drive. ever done a drive like that, Lyle? I have driven from Sydney to Cairns. I have driven from Sydney to Adelaide a few times in one go. Um, eh, you know, I sort of get a little bit unmotivated these days to do drives mm-hmm. that are quite that distance. Yeah. So You're getting yeah. older. Yeah. <laughs> getting tired. <laughs> yep. It's like, nah, I don't need to. When I was young and silly, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the man. I can make it. <laughs> Stick those matchsticks under the eyes and keep going. Now I've realised that's actually kind of stupid. Yeah. Like, yep. I'm just going to pull over and stop and have a sleep. Just have a sleep. <laughs> What's the problem with that? I don't need to be there now. Fully. Fully. Anyway, but let's continue on with our Okay, so let's, let's go back to uh, Revelation chapter 8, where we were. Oh, that's Hebrews. Forwards. Forwards, forwards yes. and backwards. Yeah, working my way there. Wow, you're struggling this morning, mate. Point. That's because get, get your head in the game. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Revelation eight. We saw another angel that came and stood at the altar. That's the altar of incense, having a golden censer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this angel we identified as Jesus Christ. We identified mm-hmm. this angel as Jesus Christ through yep. three different ways. Number one, the principle of repeat and enlarge mm-hmm. reveals this person as Jesus Christ. Number two, this person is interceding and mm-hmm. there is only one intercessor. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus Christ. And number three, just to put the nail in the coffin, is that this person has the power to close probation and this person does. Bam. And closes probation by filling that in, that, that, that uh, sensor, not with incense, but with fire and throwing it down into the world. And so we have a close of probation that takes place right here. We go back to the time of the Apostle John when this prophecy begins, and we ask ourselves the question, well, what was the empire that was ruling then? We find it was Rome, and we find that Rome was called the whole world in its day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have a close of probation on the whole world. Now we've identified the time, the place, uh, so the time period is the time of uh, the Apostle John. Uh, the place is going to be the Roman Empire. And the event that is taking place is the close of probation on the Roman Empire. Now, the first four of these different trumpet, of these trumpets, there are a number of different ways of looking at them all within this same context. Mm-hmm. And that's important. One of the things that I find very significant is as we read our way down through the Bible says the first angel sound. Well, why don't you read through us, you know, verse uh, uh, 7 through uh, 13. All right. We'll come back and summarize. The Bible says in Revelation 8, 7 through 13, The first angel blew his trumpet, and, ha- and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One third of the earth was 
set on fire. One third of the trees were burned and all the green grass was burned. Then the second angel blew his trumpet and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One third of all the things living in the sea died and one third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. Then the third angel blew his trumpet and a great star (coughs) fell from the sky, burning like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was bitterness. It made one third of the water bitter and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars. And they became dark, and one-third of the day was dark, and also one-third of the night. Then I looked, and I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the, the air, terror, 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 to all who belong to this world, because of what will happen when the last three Trump angels blow their trumpets. Okay, so that's quite dramatic, a, a very yeah. dramatic description there. And there is a number of things that we need to comment on. <laughs> First of all, the Bible is talking about a destruction of a third of the world. Uh-huh. We've noted that the world here is a reference to the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So this is talking about a destruction of a third of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And when you come to the Roman Empire, what you're going to find is that under Constantine, when Constantine came to power, he divided the Roman Empire into three parts. Yep. You had the east and the west, and you had the bit in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had the three divisions of the Roman Empire, and, um, of course, he ruled from the east in Constantinople, mm-hmm. left a bit of a power vacuum in the west, and this really led to the collapse of the western third of the Roman Empire. Mm. And so the Bible consistently talks about, you know, a third is just, you know, there's one third is just being destroyed, 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 destroyed all the way through here. Now, what is significant? Um, I'll just make some observations here as we work our way through. Um, if you look at the first of these uh, trumpets, um, <coughs> You have there in uh, verse 7, mm-hmm. um, the first one's thrown into the earth and a third part of the trees was burned up and all the green grass was burned up. Um, and you have hail and fire mingled with blood. We're going to come and talk about that in just a moment. So the first one comes on the earth. The second one comes on the sea. The third one comes on the rivers and springs. So three different parts, and we'll come to the fourth one in just a moment, but three different parts of the empire. The earth the sea and the fountains and springs mm-hmm. or the, the, the rivers and springs. Okay, if we were to look at this from a historical perspective and look at how Western Rome collapsed or a third of the empire collapsed uh, as probation came to an end on this particular empire, there's a number of things that you're going to notice. One of the first uh, great invasions that captured the city of Rome took place under Alaric the Goth. Now, yep. The goth. The goth. The goth. Was he really sad about it? Was he like, uh, uh I don't think I'm so. just going to go invade Rome. 
<laughs> no, he was. Uh, <laughs> That's just what I think. Like, he was the he dumbest was thing goth. ever. Yeah, I don't but know yeah. whether you're heading with yeah, that one yeah. right now, but I know lots of goths. They're not. They're not sad. They just yeah. wear black and big boots. It's because they're sad, Lyle. No, I went to a gothic wedding one time. <laughs> okay, there you the, go. The, seriously, and the bride wore a black wedding dress with red trim, and it was actually really stunning. Well, we had it here first. Very, very different. Yeah, (laughs) you did indeed. Anyway, we're going to come and talk about Alaric and uh, some of the others here after this song. In the silence of heaven, angels wait as the prayers of saints ascend with the seven last trumpets trembling in their hands. Angel fills up the censer, altar flame, casting it to earth and then Lightning and thunder precede the trumpet's blast. First the trumpet sounds hail and fire, mingled with blood and thrown down, and the third of the earth and the trees and the grass consumed. Then the flames swallow whole a mountain spire, down into the sea is thrown, and a third of the sea and the creatures and ships are doomed. With a third blasting horn, a falling star, wormwood a burning bright, and a third of the rivers and springs turn to poison drink. And the fourth trumpet sounds near and far, bringing in the black of night, with a third of the sun and the moon and the stars extinct. Then an eagle cries out from the heaven afar, Woe, woe, woe to the earth! soon to sound. And now for the fifth, a fallen star, key to the abyss held shore, and the smoke billows out, bringing darkness to all around. Oh, the seven trumpets blow, oh, a world of woe, turn away from sin and flee to the Savior. Like form, stinging like a scorpion tail. Crowns of gold, lions' teeth, women's hair as their wings give speed. And for five months, war for Apollyon, till the sixth trumpet wail. Then a voice from the altar, loose those at Euphrates. Two hundred million horsemen loosed on mission of death set out. Breastplates the color of fire and the hyacinth red. And those breastplated horses, lion heads, searing fire from their mouths. A third of mankind by these plagues then left for dead. Oh, the seven trumpets blow. Oh, a world of woe. Turn away from sin and flee to the Savior. There you go. I have not heard that song before, but the the Lesser Light Collective, the Seven Trumpets Blow. Bam! That's exactly what we're talking about. It's Shout out Shell in the studio. Absolutely, just, for the amazing killing song. it. Where does she even find these songs? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like wow. 
Anyway, back to our trumpets right here. We were noting the, uh, the, th- the three parts of the Roman Empire, and this is the Western Roman Empire that mm. collapses first. And the first great uh, attack on the Western Roman Empire that captures the city of Rome is by Alaric the Goth. There are a couple of, you know, the Bible t- talks about here about, uh, you know, fire and blood and um, an attack on the earth, and that's fairly typical of any invasion. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sort of jumps out a little bit here is hail. Mm-hmm. Hail is made of frozen water, and this might be a a, a bit of a long shot, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to make it anyway. Yeah. You can take it or leave it. Wee wee heresy. Alaric had a um, <laughs> had a had a very different method of a very different strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's interesting when you read down through this passage, we just read right here, and I, I need to remind our listeners of this because we talked about it yesterday. There's no mention of God or God's people anywhere in this passage. Mm. It is just purely mentioning political events. Yeah. There is no mention of anything spiritual whatsoever mm. at all in these first four trumpets. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with political events right here. And uh, he his strategy was not to march at the time that armies marched. Now, armies mar- always marched during the spring and would fight all summer long and hopefully go home in the autumn. That was your strategy because nobody wanted to campaign during the winter. Mm-hmm. He set out in winter, midwinter. Wow. And his strategy was like the ground is frozen, the rivers are frozen. Uh, we can take lots of shortcuts. We're not creating mud. We're not creating deep ruts everywhere. The baggage train can keep up with the marching soldiers. The, mar- the soldiers aren't creating a road that is knee deep in mud. And uh, we walk over the frozen ground. Wow. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And also you turn up at a time of year that defenders are not waiting for you or expecting you to turn up. Uh, if you move on from there and the next great event and the next great, uh, I guess, attack on the city of Rome that uh, completely sacked the city of Rome or plundered it, as uh, as the language may indicate, mm-hmm. uh, was a naval one. And you'll notice that the next description of the next trumpet is a naval description. Yep. The first one comes by earth. The next one comes by sea. Mm-hmm. Now, you will remember that out of all of the furniture in the temple at Jerusalem, that was captured. Some of it was captured and a lot of it was melted and burned when the temple was burned. But one of the treasures that was captured was a seven-branch candlestick and you can see it with menorah and you can see it on the arch of Titus there in Rome as one of the pieces that was captured. Mm -hmm. Well, that menorah out of the temple was last seen being loaded on a ship owned by Genseric from Carthage. Of course, Carthage was was a naval power that ruled the Mediterranean. Um, they were, uh, I, I guess, part pirate, part empire, part nation, whatever you want to call them. A very uh, powerful storm struck that fleet on its way home from the sacking of Rome mm. or the plundering of Rome, and that menorah has never been seen since. And so maybe it is somewhere at the bottom of the Mediterranean, somewhere between Rome and Carthage. There's an expedition for you, Lawson. Ooh, here we I can go. see Lawson's I've, eyes growing wide just talking about this one. Let's go seek this I've one got, out. Um, I've got 60 years of my life you know, life expectancy left to um, find this find menorah, the menorah. That's and right. get really rich. And then, the Carthaginian ship that contains it. And then I'll donate all the money I get from finding it to the uh, the the Maitland Church roof fund to get Maitland Church a new roof. And then <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
we kind of do need a new roof there out at Maitland. But, uh, yeah, if you'd like to make a donation, our number is 1-800-324-843. All donations gratefully appreciated. Anyway, moving on from there, we have uh, the next attack that comes uh, does not actually invade the city of Rome itself, but Attila the Hun, uh, if you look at the region that he covered, it was that region of the empire where you find the rivers and the springs of waters, the Alps, and where the rivers all begin right the way through there. He controls Rome. He controls Italy by controlling the northern part of Italy, which is all the rivers and springs of waters. Mm. Um, and so you've got some parallels here. You can uh, take these or leave these. I've seen some alternatives to this that uh, have varying levels of credibility. Um, when you come down to the last of these, you'll find that there are um, three heavenly bodies that are mentioned, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And something we're going to find as we go into chapter 9, and chapter 9 becomes very specific. Yes. Okay, so on, uh, on chapter 8, uh, I think leaving some leeway for historical interpretation, and, mm-hmm. I, and I emphasize historical interpretation that is dealing with the Roman Empire, uh, and the fall of the Roman Empire, leaving some leeway there is probably profitable. Mm-hmm. When you come to the fifth and sixth trumpets, there is no leeway. Yeah. The Bible is crystal clear and extremely specific about what it's talking about, and we're going to look at that in great detail as we go through um, <coughs> chapter 9. However, the sun, moon, and stars are extinguished in a third of the empire. We're going to find that a star, and we've already looked at this, a star is a symbol of a leader in the, in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the seven stars in the angel's hand in Revelation chapter 1 symbolize the, the leaders of the churches, the seven different churches. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a religious prophecy, a star symbolizes a religious leader and therefore, you know, a pastor or whatever, you know, um, elder, bishop, whatever you want to call them, of mm-hmm. a church. However, when you come to a secular prophecy, a star rather than symbolizing a religious leader is going to symbolize a political leader. And you can see that here in Revelation chapter 9 in the fifth trumpet uh, where it says they had a king over them, and which is the angel. So that notice that the king here is synonymous with the angel. The angel symbolizes the king and the angel mm-hmm. in Revelation 1 uh, symbolizes a star. So mm-hmm. A equals B equals C. Yep. If an angel symbolizes a star, symbolizes a king, then an angel symbolizes a king. So a star symbolizes political leadership. Mm-hmm. You have sun, moon, and stars. That's three levels of the celestial bodies. Mm-hmm. In the Roman Empire, you had three levels of government. You had the emperor, you had the senate, and you had the consulate. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time beginning in 476, when the last emperor's uh, rule came to an end in Rome, uh, through until about 533, when the consulate was done away with, there was a process of of entirely extinguishing the Roman government that had ruled the world for centuries. Mm. And so the prophecy of chapter 8 really ends with the extinction of Western Rome. Mm-hmm. With the extinction of Western Rome, all you now have left is Eastern Rome. And so what you're going to find moving into 
uh, chapter 9 is the close of probation on the Eastern Roman Empire. And this becomes incredibly significant and incredibly interesting because now we're going to look at uh, the great conflict that arises in the East between Christianity and Islam. Yeah, wow. So Eastern Christianity, of course, based out of Constantinople, uh, where your Eastern Orthodox Church comes from today, that is, you know, now a an Islamic city. And so you cannot study the history of this part of the world without studying Islamic history and the prophetic rise of Islam is the topic for tomorrow. But right now we have Marion Blythe Peppers. Come there, found. Come now, found of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest
my name is Pastor BJ, and I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9.30am for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11am. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 0422 896 553. That's 0422 896 553.
Welcome back, guys. That was uh, the Isaacs, the one I'm dying for. You're listening to Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time, and so it is time for us to answer the question that you have sent in. What is your question today, Lawson? Okay, question of the day. Who is Ellen White? Okay, that question should be phrased, who was Ellen White? Who was Ellen White? passed away. Okay. And, uh, okay, so Ellen White was uh, one of the most significant women of the 19th century. Mm -hmm. We could spend a lot of time talking about what she actually accomplished around the world. And, by the way, this was a woman who had nothing more than a third-grade education. Uh, She was American uh, from the New England states in America. That's where she started out. Uh, But... I'm probably I'm going to start by answering this question by talking about the impact that she had right here in our local area in the Newcastle uh, Lake Macquarie region uh, because she actually lived in this part of the world yep. uh, for nine years and had a massive impact right here in this in this local area and so here you've you've got to remember the 19th century was not a time when you know women were out there doing big things um, and mm-hmm. you know starting big companies uh, you know instigating big things. Uh, typically, women back then were seen, as, you know, t- they often weren't even educated. And so, um, <clears throat> Ellen White was responsible for instigating uh, one of the largest companies or one of the most significant uh, companies that we have here in Australia. It began right here in the Lake Macquarie, Newcastle region with the Sanitarium Health Food Company. Um, and of course, this is all a part of uh, SBD Limited, um, which also owns the uh, Seventh Day Adventist Hospital, which is one of the which is the largest private hospital in Australia. And she was directly involved in instigating that as well. That then creates a network of hospitals and clinics around the wor- around the whole of the South Pacific, including the Atuifi Adventist uh, Hospital. She was directly instigated, or and even. Um, chose the land uh, for Avondale College, which is uh, once again right here in the, in, in the local area, Lake Macquarie. Um, and as a result of that, there's now three colleges and one university, four vocational TAFE-style uh, training institutions, 370 schools with 75,000 students across that particular uh, company, 18 aged care or retirement villages. This is all that has grown out of uh, what Ellen White instigated during just nine years. So this is a woman in the 19th century in just nine years. This is what she accomplished here in Australia. Of course, ADRA, which uh, operates in 125 countries around the world, uh, two of the longest running periodical magazines, uh, Signs and Record, um, and we could go on and on talking about her accomplishments. And so as a, uh, as a citizen here uh, in this area for um, that period of nine years, she certainly had a massive impact, not just on the Newcastle Lake Macquarie region, Central Coast region, but on the whole of Australia. Now, besides all that, she was, if you go back to her early roots, uh, she began her life um, as a Christian person, as a Methodist, and became one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so James White, Joseph Bates were some of the other uh, very significant founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so, yes, she was definitely a woman who, uh, who she, was, she was a go-getter who, would, who has you know, created a massive impact around the world. Of course, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, you've got probably you know, 25 million attendees um, around the world at this time. Uh, which is, you know, it's it's a significant impact. And for a woman from the 19th century to pull that off, that's a pretty good achievement. 
Now, of course, uh, she spoke a lot about um, a lot in the area of health. In the area of health, uh, she is at least 100 years ahead of her time. In many of the things that she spoke about, 150 years ahead of her time. Talking about things that we are only just discovering through modern science today. She, you know, she spoke about the, the, the evil of tobacco long before we knew that it caused cancer, you know, back when we used to prescribe it as medicine and so forth. Um, she's talking about, you know, the, the, the dangers of eating flesh, red meat, long before the World Health Organization came out and said, this causes cancer. Ellen White said, it causes cancer. Uh, she talked about many of the large spiritual movements in the world. She talked about the rise of the ecumenical movement. You know, this is all back in the 19th century when these things were totally unheard of. She talked about the rise of Roman Catholicism in a period when Roman Catholicism was completely uh, weak in our world. We could go on and on. So many things that Ellen White talked about, but we must move on. This is Nathan Nathan Young with the language of Canaan. Oh, that I could talk in the language of Canaan I could tell a little of the glory Of a better world Oh, that I could talk In the language of things the Lord showed me of heaven, I cannot describe. I saw there tables of stone in which the names of the multitude of the redeemed were engraved in letters of gold. After we beheld the glory of the temple, we went out and Jesus left us and went into the city. Soon we heard his lovely voice again saying, Come, my people, you have come out of great tribulation and done my will, suffered for me. Come in to supper, for I myself will serve you. We shouted, Alleluia, glory, and entered into the city. And I saw a table of pure silver. It was many miles in length 
Yet our eyes could extend over it. I saw the fruit of the tree of life, the manna, almonds, figs, pomegranates, grapes, and many other kinds of fruit. Then Jesus said, You must go back to earth again and relate to others what I have revealed to you. Then an angel bore me gently down to this dark world. Sometimes I think I can stay here no longer. All things of earth look so dreary. I feel very lonely here, for I have seen a better land. Nathan Young with the, with the Language of Canaan there, a song that was actually uh, scripted around a dream that Ellen White had and wrote down, the dream wow. of a better world. Anyway, um, we have come to the end of our show yes, and we we're have. going to give something away. And so I yes, thought you're asking will. about Ellen White. Why don't we give an Ellen White book away so that you yep. can actually sample something she wrote. She was the fourth most prolific female writer of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, right up there with some of the most prolific writers of all time. I'm not sure exactly how many words that amounts to, but I do know that if you stack, you know, make a pile of her books on the floor, it's about six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And so uh, constantly writing, constantly producing books, producing what are today recognized around the world as some of the greatest works. Uh, the Library of Congress recognizes Ellen White's Desire of Ages as one of the greatest works ever written on the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. For example, the uh, Steps to Christ is a is a worldwide classic on having a relationship with Jesus Christ, wow. and you know these are all books that were written by Ellen White. The Great Controversy, uh, one of the books that uh, has probably impacted um, you know so many so many people around the world as it looks at the subject of Bible prophecy mm. and uh, Christian history. 
So, yeah, huge impact that Ellen White had as an author. But today we're giving away the book Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. So this small book, which uh, comes to you in uh, is full-color edition, which is really, really nice. It's about 200 pages long. And it's all about the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And so if you enjoy, and this is kind of often described as Jesus, you know, his treatise on the on the subject of uh, Christianity. This is what the, the, the definition of Christianity. Um, and so if you'd like to know more about that, then give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number here at Faith FM. When I was a child, I did childish things. My life was church and all it brings. I'd always hear the old folks sing, He's never failed me yet. I heard this phrase and I trusted so that one day I would come to know the truth in which these words do hold. He's never failed me yet. With years of life came tests and trials And nights when tears replaced the smile 